to one chop. One chop comes in for the Manchester United half. Dribbles on, finds some space, goes into the box, shoots, and it's in! What a run! One chop to Gabon down the middle, and a striker came out. He picked his spot, and United looked absolutely second rate. One chop. Hello and welcome to the Kicking the Balls podcast. We are at episode eight and of course I'm joined by my good pal and co-host, Mr. Tom Hallam. How are we doing, mate? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very all the, well, all the better for hearing a, well, I can't say anything about that goal because obviously you've got to guess it, but anything, I mean, it's fairly obvious you scored it, but what, what, give me some context. What do you reckon? It, it was one chop, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't be a good Derby County goal coming in on the Kick of the Balls podcast. So I had to get it in there. Where was it scored? Pride Park. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, this is a classic one-chop moment. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. If you don't get this, you've got to get immediately go and watch this goal. It's a great goal. It's a legendary Derby goal. Okay. Um, was it his goal against Man United? Yes. <laughs> what was it? What was he? It's like it's like the goal. Uh and I'm guessing he was it was like a nice mazy dribbling run that ended with him slotting it in the corner. Yeah, a bit of an Henri type finish in the far corner. Any idea what the score was in that game at Old Trafford? Two nil. To Derby. I don't have a clue, mate. <laughs> it was Manchester United 2 Derby 3 Alex Ferguson's Derby uh, Manchester United lost to Derby 3-2 ah. I don't I'm assuming that was the winner I don't know but I can't actually remember but yeah so I've got, you know we've obviously got a uh, me, my, me living in Derby now as a presence of Derby listening this I thought I'd give them a, I don't know who the hell that commentator was by the way <laughs> no. was that the season they got the record low points no no one shot was way before that it was like 97 that was when they were like under Jim Smith when Dean Sturridge was there and oh, Carl right. and Maybe not Carbonari, but yeah. I've see. I only think they like. I forget they they were in it back in the nineties as well as when... yeah, yeah, oh yeah, big time, mate, big time. Um, yo, Dean Sturridge is Daniel Sturridge's uncle. Yes, this was, this, but this was only recent knowledge that came to me, and I kind of don't know why I know that. <laughs> how I came about it, but yeah. But you had a good week. Yeah, mate, all good. Um, we were just discussing how random and the weather is at the moment, but um, yeah, I'll chuck it. Raining cats and dogs, uh, as the uh, classic sort of British uh, phrase would, would say, it's absolutely chucking it down left, right, and centre, isn't it? But thankfully, it didn't affect the games. Imagine that. Imagine the rain called off the games after three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the um, well, so, which obviously we're going to be touching on the Sheffield United and Aston Villa game. It's so nice to talk about football, isn't it? That's talk about games, and we've got lots to come with that with regards to obviously Arsenal City as well. I've got a rant. I'm going to try and make it as un-Arsenal fan TV as possible. <laughs> but there's a rant that's not quite what you think might may think I'm going to be coming from. Certainly one of them I'm going to deal with, a certain sideshow Bob Muppet that I'm going to actually talk about a little bit. But it's not going to be the main part of my rant. However, what beer have you got, Tom? Uh, yes, yeah, so I have got a Luca Tony a beer of Moretti. Oh, you're back to, back to the Luca Tonys, are you? Nice, okay. Yeah, mate, every well, episode I've, I've had one, I've been drinking them Every week, they're so nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm Team Moretti now. I think Moretti might have overtaken um, Sam Miguel and Estrella in the Power Three in the, in the hunt for the Champions League race for my <laughs> for my favourite beer. I think Moretti might be the current Liverpool. You've moved back to uh, the Serie A, have you? After the uh, 
a little dry spell. So you've gone back from you've gone from La Liga to Syria. Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, um, I think Estrella, San Miguel, and Moretti are my favourite three, and I would say Peroni's probably hovering in fourth place. But that you know they're vulnerable. They're like, they're like Chelsea. They're a bit vulnerable. I reckon like they could be a. Uh, well, at the moment, because I'm doing this bloody 28-day challenge with the Kaiser Movement, little plug there for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm on a uh, I'm on a Bud Light because oh, right. they're only 80 calories, and m- man's got to look at his calories. Why can't I talk like that? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, ever. We we will never. We should make a pad that we will never attempt to speak like that on this podcast. Fair enough. Yeah, I just can't. I just can't even begin to try to pull that off. So. <laughs> no, please don't. So, uh, well, in my opinion, this is good news. I've, I've, I've been done with them since week two, to be honest with you, but you're going to bring a fight, well, well, potentially a final Paderborn update for us. Uh, yes. Uh, basically, we lost during the week um, to Union Berlin, I believe, uh, 1-0. And that result saw us, uh, we're now relegated to Bundesliga 2, I think it is. So, yeah, right. we're done and done <laughs> But that's the end of that then. But the Lemon Squeezers fans, I mean, I remember last week saying, yeah, we're getting some good points together. And I remember looking at the league table like, they need more than the odd point here and there. (laughs) I think they're just happy to be there. They just see any point as a victory. And I think they're very, they they knew they were going to go back down, which, um, so fair play to them. They'll probably, and we'll see how they, I'll keep an eye on them next season to see, if they're, I think they might be a bit of a yo-yo club. So we'll see. In, how the, uh, in the paper the other day, actually, I was reading on, online. It said that um, it had loads of stats of players, like in Europe, like who's got the most goals. Lewandowski has now. I think he's overtaken um, that uh, Insignia guy at Na- Napoli. And Ronaldo and Messi are quite low down the pecking order, actually, for, very surprisingly for them. But um, so I had all these stats, right, about all the best players in Europe, what, who, like everything, passes, interceptions, everything. And the most interceptions was by a Paderborn player. Which one? I, I, I can't remember. I can't. <laughs> I think he must have been a holding midfielder because all the interceptions are like, well, they're all holding midfielders, aren't they? Like in Diddy and Kante and stuff. So I'm assuming he's, who's, who's like there, Kante? Uh, well, the only. One I can think of who plays in midfield is that Gazlidas, the one who's got 18 or 17 yellow cards as well. Oh, well, that, that sounds like a career bell. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's Well, it sounds like that's all position. And if he doesn't intercept the ball, he definitely takes out the player. So maybe that's how he's got so many yellow cards. And it's, it's a bit like that. Do you remember when um, Idrissa Gea played for um, Villa and they signed him and they got relegated really heavily Villa? But he was like, everyone was like, no, he's amazing though. And I was like, we can't be that bloody amazing. Like, I know obviously it's a team effort, but he's not blocking that much, is he? And uh, anyway, he went to Everton. He turned out he's gone to PSG now. I think and he turned out he is actually quite good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, so okay, so Paderborn, are you? I mean, obviously, I threw my threw my towel in a little while ago. But are you officially done with them now after your foot manager? I'll, um, I'll keep an eye on them. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Because obviously, we've actually got the football back now, so <laughs> the Premier League. So we don't have to worry about them too much. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Cool, cool. Well, we're not naming. People may have noticed we're not naming our beers this week because, well, a we've already had a Moretti and, and a Bud, a Bud Light, but we've actually got a bit of a thing coming on, which we're very excited to talk about. Um, including football managers, obviously a link between Paderborn and the beers there. But before we go there, we've got a couple of emails to answer. So, Tom, fire away. Yes, we do indeed. So the f- so again, thank you everyone for sending your emails. Hedges, you always forget this bit. So, go on, I'll let you have it this time. Go on. Oh, God, I really hope I remember the email just now. I did uh, think that. I did think that. 
Of course I do. So, yeah, please send in your questions, any ideas, uh, or just drop us an email if you're answering any of the questions that we're answering right now. So send them into kitbpodcast at gmail.com. He's done it in one. It's quite handy when you when you have the emails open. Sorry, it was there just... Okay, with the plum, though. Put it with a plum. Yeah, nice. Um, right, so we're going to start off with an email from Edmund Benson. So thank you, Eddie. Uh, quick one. Um, who do you think has benefited from the football break uh, the most and who hasn't benefited from it? Uh, I'll tell you who's benefited quite a lot, and it's standard because they always benefit from stupid stuff like this. Go on. Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> uh, yes, I do have Spurs down as yes, because we were... Kane and Son. Yeah. We had Kane and Son were both injured. Our form was really up and down. We had no consistency. And yeah, it's... Um... Well, basically, I mean, really basic match. You probably score about 70 goals a season, of which they score about 50 of them. So it helps, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we had Kane, when Mourinho first joined and Kane and Son were playing, we, I think Liverpool were the only team that were in better form than us. Then Kane got injured, slightly drops off, Son gets injured, then we were just all over the place. So, yeah, we have definitely... Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's got slightly better. Everyone's squad should be sort of healed up and better now. Um but of course, when your key players are out, that's a bonus, isn't it? So that's a big bonus for Spurs there. Yeah. Um, I would say potentially, mm, well, I was going to say Manchester United because obviously Pogba and Fernandes now, but Pogba, you don't really know what you're going to get of him, do you? And they were actually in quite good form before the uh, the thing. So that, that, could, that could probably go either way a little bit. Yeah, I, um, I had Man United down as yes and no. Um, yes, because yeah. it means they've got, they've also, they're happy it happened because now they've got Rashford back and Pogba back. Um, but like I say, they were in real. I don't think they'd lost a game whilst Fernandez since Fernandez joined. And he does look like a bit of a player, doesn't he? Which he is look, uh, well, I'm a bit frustrated. It'll be interesting to see how him and Pogba play together, and could be could be really really good together. Well, he looks like he's actually, he's that good. He's, Paul Pogba's actually pulling up his socks to play with him. He's actually quite keen to play with him rather than yeah, exactly. grown on the leave. So, yeah, um, I, 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 the, the big losers, I think, potentially are the teams in the relegation zone in the lower league side, just because home advantage. I know we said last week it looks like it is a bit of a thing, but the crowd adds so much. And, you know, going away to Brighton, going away to Watford, going away to West Ham isn't really as daunting as it would do with some fans there, would it? Yeah, most definitely. I think Villa were big advocates of that and Brighton. I put down, so this was, I put this answer before last night's game, but I also had Arsenal down as ones who wouldn't benefit from this break because of they were in, I think they won the last three Premiership games. Uh, they looked like they were, like they started a bit slow under Arteta, but were f- slowly finding their feet, finding their fitness because of the way he plays. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, last night's side's, there's, they were still very good. Um, Burnley were another one because I think they were undefeated in six or seven games. I mean, we should have asked this last week when we had our Burnley expert on, but I think they were in really good form and undefeated in, yeah, like I say, I think it was seven games. The um, Yeah, so, you know, you look at teams like the Toon, they've had a, they've had a big changeover, potentially this new owner, but that hasn't really come into fruition yet. But I don't know if that's a positive or negative, there's a bit of uncertainty there, but Bruce, he's done a good job. Doesn't like it's going to be there much longer, though, bless him. <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, it's a good question. And uh, there definitely are some winners out of it, for sure. But it's one of those, I mean, potentially the 
well, not the biggest winners, but the, I think the most relieved fans for sure are obviously going to be Liverpool because uh, you know there was no guarantee six weeks ago that this thing was going to get concluded. And can you imagine how that feels after bloody 30 years of hurt? So um, not necessarily the biggest winners, but certainly the happiest people to have this thing restarted would be uh, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, I imagine. Yeah, and they'll just want to get... The, is it two wins they need to secure the title or three? So. Yeah, we could, have, we could have done them a favour last night, but obviously we didn't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they need their, Liverpool need the next, to win the next two, yeah. yeah. Yep, all right. So, thank you, Eddie, for your question. And we'll move on to the next one, which is from Ross O'Donnell. So, let's go to his email. He's got a couple of things. First one I know, uh, Harry... Is a big WWE fan. Um, yes, I am. So, out of the current Premiership players, who do you think would make the best wrestler, and who would be the worst? <laughs> oh, it's a really tough question because obviously it's very easy to go down like just pick a big bloke and who would be a good wrestler, like like Akin um, Fenwar and stuff. Like, obviously, you imagine he would be a bit of a bit of a, a unit in the ring, wouldn't he? But I've gone for a bit more out of left field. And it's hard not to... I basically, I've gone, I haven't really done best and worst, to be honest with you, because I found that quite challenging, because beyond just picking a big bloke. Um, so I've gone a little bit kind of more creative. So I've gone for uh, Shakiri uh, at Liverpool, because right. I think he's got... I think he's got a bit of... I think you put a mask on him, and suddenly he is Rey Mysterio. See, I've got... I've put a few wrestlers down, and my Rey Mysterio... Sorry, I'm doing bunny ears for all you audio listeners. Um, I've got Ryan Fraser down as my little... Uh, oh, okay, yeah. So they're quite, oh yeah, they're quite similar, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they both look, they both look like the midgets from Fort Bayard. <laughs> Jack the door. Jack the door. <laughs> Ryan Fraser the door. <laughs> yeah. So got, yeah, that's it, that was the route. I've got I've sort of spread mine over sort of four stereotypical different types of wrestlers. So he's my small Ray Mysterio one. Yeah. Okay. So who? So have you got a list? Have you got a few names? Or have you? Yeah, well, again, I was kind of comparing to um, to people, and like I said, I've gone for. Um, well, well, actually, one second. Um, keep talking, Tom. Do your wrestlers because my the podcast is actually playing up a little bit. But I think we're okay. But can you just do your wrestlers, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, you started. You said by having a big wrestler, which I think when you think of wrestling, you think of the big ones. Um, I've sort of gone for my. Big scary one who can take a whack. I've gone for Robert Hoof. Nice. Okay. Well, by the way, we're okay on the podcast. It just did a little bit of silly stuff, but we're, we're good. We're good. Robert Hoof. That is a good shout. Now he looks like he's got quite a hard head. I think he's got a good chin on him. So I think he's one of those where, like, a wrestler's punching him and he's just standing there like nothing's happening. So a bit of, bit of a cane sort of feel to him. Yeah, yeah. I've also gone for um, so. A, a kind of a dirtiest player in the game, Ric Flair kind of thing. Mm. Um, and that would, for me, that was kind of like that sort of Lee Catamole type player. So, you know, like, a, and also Mourinho a little bit, but he's obviously a manager. But anyone who's basically played for Mourinho, these kind of like, is it gamesmanship where you basically, you know, when you pick someone up, you actually tread, they actually tread on their foot as you're picking them up, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, the dirty, horrible tactics that I think Mourinho employs. And I think Catamole's got that in him, Robbie Savage maybe. Um, yeah, so I've kind of gone down the Ric Flair, dirtiest player in the game. Nice. I'm just thinking. I mine. I was thinking more current players, but I've now you've now you've said like about previous players. I'm trying to think. I think Vinnie Jones would have made a great wrestler. 
Vinny Jones, yeah. He's definitely got a spear in him, isn't he? He's definitely like a bit Goldberg-esque guy. Oh, he, just runs he, looks, somebody. he does look a bit like Randy Orton. Am I... Is that clutching his straws? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see that. I can see where you Same haircut. I can see where you come from. Yeah, yeah. But I think Randy Orton might disagree with that a little bit, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, who would... So if I was going to say, who would your... A footballer, who would be like your mankind, your, your wrestler who's absolutely nuts... And would just do anything like fly off a well, hell in a cell. Well, yeah, well, I'd probably pick. He, he proved this last night a little bit when he just completely decapitated his own player, Edison. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you see that? Like, I swear it was pretty unnecessary what he did. Like, there was no <laughs> Arsenal player near him. He just completely destroyed that young nineteen-year-old centre. Yeah, and the, the best. Well, not sorry, not the best thing. It's obviously. Really harsh, but how he like, even Gary Neville said in commentary, he's like, he hasn't even gone and seen if he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch it on Sky Sports, I, I tend to watch NBC for Arlo, but um, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty, um, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty funny from Gary Neville. I like that. Yeah, I remember, I remember thinking, like, he doesn't look that sorry, you know, <laughs> just walking around, just looking angry. <laughs> so, he's Mick Foley, he's that kind of guy you can literally just do anything to him, and he just kind of, I mean, he, he looks. He, yeah, he looks a bit like Mick Foley actually. If you, if Mick Foley sort of got a bit taller, wore goalkeeper gloves, and was a bit sort of slender, and wore a uh, checkered, I know, was that cactus jack? What did Mick Foley wear? No, Mick Foley wore a white. Well, 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 he was mankind, and then he wore. So he was in like the boiler room all the time, and he wore that mask, and he wore his brown costume. But then when he came, Mick Foley, and he was still kind of mankind. He wore a white shirt of a tie, and he was Mister Soccer, wasn't he? Remember Mister Soccer? Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, I'll probably say Edison for that. Um, what about yeah. your sort of acrobatic wrestler? Um, well, there's Rey Mysterio, but I would say probably there's people like or Shawn Michaels was quite a quite a quite a you know he had quite a lot of agility. Um, yeah, no, I'm talking about which player would he be? Not don't tell oh, me. Oh, well, just I'm just talking. You just asked me some wrestling questions. <laughs> Um, let me think. Sean Michael, he's a pretty, quite a pretty. His, his song is "I'm Just a Sexy Boy." Uh, uh, I'm not your toy, but not your toy boy. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go with someone like. Hmm. Let's have a think. I don't know really. Who's like a young kind of good looking, like a baby Jack Green? Oh, Jack Grealish is Sean Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I don't know why that took me so long. Hundred percent, like easily, easily. You can imagine doing some sweet shit music in those little shin pads. Yeah, and I think um, he'll be a one that the crowd can really boo and hate on. Yeah, yeah, but I but also love love if he if he wanted to turn it on a little bit, be a good guy, he could do that quite as well. Jack Reeves, yeah, it's one hundred percent Jack Reeves and Shawn Michaels is a uh, yeah. I'm surprised that's not really a thing. <laughs> I also, yeah, have- also I, believe, I believe Ross also put something quite exciting, which I've really got my my teeth into and prepared a little bit of a done some homework for it. So what we got? Yeah, so. Also including Ross' email, uh, he's put, after the Paderborn football manager story, he thought of an idea that we could do a football manager where the listeners get a vote on some of the key decisions we make. Um, and I think, I think... I think this is a fantastic idea. So basically what I've done, well, what I've tried to do, but it hasn't worked out the way I wanted it to, is I have basically tried to create our beer team on Football Manager, which isn't very easy because obviously some players don't play anymore and you you, you try buying David Silver off somebody. So I um, have kind of 
what I've done is I've gone, right, okay, well, we'll, I'll base it on that to a certain extent, but then I'll top it up with legends and just some old funny players that I've bought for free on Foot Manager because I haven't actually spent, I've only bought one player on this kind of Foot Manager thing. So I've chose Newcastle. You want to know why I chose Newcastle, Tom? Um, because I don't actually know. You, did you tell me this? Uh, well, maybe it's, it's because basically they've been—they they look like they're going to be taken over by Saudi millionaires, so they're going to do um, lots of random weird transfers, aren't they? And I think it kind of keeps it realistic. And also, they're a big enough club to buy old shit footballers. But then, you know what I mean? Because if, if we started at like I don't know Barnet or somewhere, you're not going to be able to attract some of the sort of personnel that I'm bringing to the club. Anyway, I've set it all up. It's all done. I've, I've actually bought loads of players all for free based on the beer team. Do you want to hear my eleven? Uh, yes, yes, I'm quite excited because you haven't told me this yet. So no, I haven't told Tom yet. So, <laughs> now I did go a bit out. I could, obviously couldn't get Oliver Kahn, and I didn't want to spend any money or anything like that. So I bought Roy Carroll, <laughs> <laughs> forty-one years old, um, and I think he can do a job. I think he can do a job. Bloody hell! Okay, I was not. <laughs> so obviously I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't get Oliver Kahn, and then right back. So we had Danny Mills. Obviously, you can't get Danny Mills, but don't worry, mate. I've got the next best thing. Alan Hutton. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. Same thing, basically, isn't it? He was was a free transfer. I think Villa let him go last year. I think he's currently a free agent. All these are pretty much free agents, to be honest with you. There's a couple that I had to buy. Uh, I'll I'll put it through him. I I couldn't get Richard Dunn, obviously, so I just kept Kieran Clark, because obviously Newcastle. Centre off. I I did try to get Tal Ben-Haim. But he couldn't get a work permit. So I've got Yaya Torre centre-back. OK, what's what's going on with Ron Vlaar? What's he saying? Ah, well, that's a very good point. Ron Vlaar wouldn't come. He's happy at AZ Alkmaar. <laughs> Did she? How dare he? I know, so he was going to be captain and everything. He, he didn't want to come. But we'll keep an eye on him in, in future games in, in, the, in the window. So this is quite funny. Left back. I, I bought Marcus and Martin Olsen on a free chance. <laughs> Because I was like, well, what's better than one? What's better than one? Olsen? two. You get two for the, two for the price of one here. <laughs> um, so I've actually got. I don't know. I, I can't remember now. But I've got Marcus or Martin left back, and I've got Marcus or Martin left wing. Oh, so, oh, we've got we've gone. So we've got double Olsen. We've got the Olsen twins in our team. <laughs> oh my god, they're called the Olsen twins. Yeah, they're the they're the originals. So they're down the left. I never, right. never ever ever realised that. Um, so I couldn't get Santi Cazorla. I couldn't get David Silva. So I've got the next, but I couldn't get Clint Dempsey. So do you know who I got instead of Clint Dempsey? Uh, Brian McBride? No, he's, he's, he's uh, Stephen Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> he's a box-to-box man. He'll break from midfield. I think he's he got some goals in him. Um, ben Taleb plays for Newcastle in real life. Said, no, I didn't know this. So I've just kept him because I couldn't get enough players. Newcastle got a bit fed up. The chairman got a bit, Mike Ashley got a bit fed up on me because I was, um, he said, you've got to keep, buy younger players and I couldn't buy anyone else. So I've just got, I've just got to keep Ben to live. But I think he's quite a random player as well. Uh, on the right wing, I'm very excited about this one. Morton Gamps Pedersen. Oh, nice. Yeah, 38 years old. He's on all the corners and set pieces. He's actually still still got free kick taking 18 and corn taking 17, which is, which is perfect because you know our two centre forwards are? Um, well, I'm guessing it's not Luke Tony or Gregor Zraziak. No, unfortunately, they're not around anymore. So <laughs> I've got, I've got, we've got, we've got Andy Carroll, but I'm not going to start him because I've actually bought two better players. I also bought Ricardo Fuller as cover. <laughs> uh, did you have like the age setting as 35 and over? Best funny sort of Premier League footballers, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so 
But no, but they, they, no, it gets better, Tom. These are, these are our strikers on the bench, Ricardo Fuller and Andy Carroll. We have got Nicholas Bentner. Oh, my God. Free transfer. I st- this is a, and that's a big moment for me, actually, having Nicholas Bentner at the side, because I still haven't forgiven him for that moment in Barcelona where people forget Barcelona were 3-1 up, but we won the first leg 2-1. And Jack Wiltshire was unbelievable in that game. And we were down to 10 men because Robin Van Persie got sent off for kicking the ball away. The only player I think ever in history to get a second book of a kicking the ball away. And um, But we still managed to get to 92 minutes at 3-1. So if we score, we're through. And Wiltshire squared at the Benner and his first touch and it, he took a first touch, over hit it and it bobbled to the goalkeeper when he was one-on-one. Not many people remember that. I do. And I've never forgiven him for it. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, couldn't give it, I couldn't care less after that. I think he scored a winner against Spurs. I didn't celebrate. I can't stand him. So but, um, this is a big moment for him, you signing him then. Is this so? Is this- yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's up. We've actually put uh, during the negotiations. I explained that to him, and he said he's going to move mountains for me on that. Oh, you, so you hashed out in the negotiation room, did you? Yeah, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, we don't really need him anyway because of the other man we got. Okay, who's he? <laughs> well, we're going route one because we've got Nicholas Bentner, and I've signed. Oh, Cardozo's on fire! Oh. Is he still kicking about? He's back. He's back. I bought him from the Paraguayan league. He's back. He's up front. He's uh, he slowed down a bit. He only had about pace and pace eight back in the days. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this, this is what I'm thinking. Well, I've, I've actually loaded up now. We've got Southampton away. Okay. So what I'm thinking is I'll play it on silent, obviously. Perhaps you could talk us through the Villa. Well, we're only play one game. We've actually got City at home next, but we'll, we'll, we'll do that next week. Um, you talk about start because I didn't actually watch Villa Sheffield United. I obviously know there's a massive controversial moment, so we'll touch on that. So I'm going to press play here. I'll keep quiet for you. Obviously, Give my uh, opinion on the Villa Sheffield United game, but if there is a, if there is a goal, we'll do a bit of let's talk a Saturday. You can come over to me. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, can I? So this team is trying to be our beer team, and we've got only Martin and Martin Olsen from it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. No, well, so well, so I can't buy Richard Dunn, and I can't buy Buddy Van Bommel, can I? And I can't buy the two strikers, and Kazora and Sat David Silva weren't interested. Well, maybe we can, as the season progresses, we can try and get Ron Vlaar, Cazorla, Silva. Is, is Dempsey retired? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, well, as long as, uh, you know, as long as um, Yaya Torre and Stephen Ireland perform not the way we want them to perform, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, I'm going to press play. No, I, oh, absolutely. We'll try and get them. I mean, I, 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 try, I did try the base in the beer team, but Oliver Kahn in 2020 is not an easy signing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That okay, is, well, I'm going to say, what happened in Villa Sheffield United? Uh, yeah, so this was the, the first game back of, from uh, after the coronavirus break. Uh, obviously, it was going to be nil nil. Um, the rhyme was on the rule wall before it even started. Um, so yeah, there wasn't actually. I did watch the game. There wasn't much to talk about other than um, the fact that our Amazing goal line technology has failed us. The one thing so, that I so, could rely on. Can I get an idea what happened here then? Because I didn't even know that thing could fail. The ball's either over the line or it's not over the line. <laughs> like, what happened? Well, that was that was the weird thing about it because watching it, so it was a free kick from the left. Rifer swings in, it's going like an overhit. I don't know if he was meant it. Overhit, the keeper's catching out his back post and he sort of falls back. And he's then knocked into his in over the line by his I think it was Davis for us, and so his own player. But obviously, right. because of how good 
goal line technology has been for the last two, three seasons. It's been in the Premier Premier League. Um, the the refs obviously looking at his watch and it's not saying goal. It's not saying anything. So he's just the problem. Like, well, it's not a problem. That there's so much trust for this technology <laughs> that the everyone just assumes it's not in, but. Then you look at the replays and then you realise the keeper's holding the ball behind the post and then you're then that's when you think, oh, they've they've made a stinker. I mean, I, I watched it with Jelly and we were like, have they even turned it on? Like, did they forget? Well, so it, it sounds to me, I mean, so well, my impression was that the referee gets like a little ding in his, in his, in his wrist or something. Like he gets like a little bit of a message from someone or a little kind of a subliminal message kind of thing saying that it's gone over the line. I didn't think it was, I thought it was fairly bulletproof. Yeah, so not like what should have happened is on he should have checked his watch and then it should have said goal. But I think what actually happened was because of the situation of the post being there, the goalkeeper holding the ball, and there being another Villa player in the way of the not. I think there's seven or nine cameras for the goal line. It actually yeah. blocked it. So I think they. It was like. <laughs> probably should have done I'm just thinking a lot of things um like our 6,000 decisions this was the first time it's ever chucked in this sort of anomaly where it didn't know what to do but then but we got VAR as well right so why did they not go and look at the you know I know they didn't really look at the screen did they but why did they not just go and find do VAR instead yeah well that's what like in an ideal world in hindsight they should have looked at VAR and to overrule yeah, it right. I think yeah, what they really They've said is because of the trust that referees have for this technology. Like there's been so many times where you've you've seen a ball that looks like it's gone over the line. You're so certain, like to the naked eye, and then you look at that when you watch it on the TV where they do the the bird's eye view of the ball and the line, and it's literally like a millimeter not on the line. So and you 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 say like if I didn't see that angle, I would have hundred percent said that was in, but so it's kind of a hard one for the referee because there's no like it's weird for him to go actually do you know what that there's something funny about that but yeah in an ideal world VAR should have got involved and because as soon as they went to the bird's eye view camera you could see it clearly went over and obviously the linesman was on that side but it's a very very quick thing so you can't really put all the blame on him and um, unfortunately- two things in my opinion <laughs> okay, go on. I think it's totally the referee's fault. Like, he's got these tools and the bloody team have scored. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's black and white, isn't it? It's over the line. He's got the tools to check these things. I don't, I don't, I don't really agree. I don't think you can have an excuse where it's kind of like, oh, well, well, we rely on it all the time. So we just trusted it. Yeah, but imagine every time there's a goal line, then you have to, so you've got the technology there, but then you're not using it. You're using VAR to double check every single one. No, 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 because the goal, the ball going over the line, happens what once every like three weeks, four weeks in a game. It doesn't happen very often, does it? I think it might be a bit more than that, but still, they'll be checking. There's no point having goal line technology; you just have VAR. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe. Why not? If you can't, you can't trust the bloody thing. Sheffield United. I mean, Sheffield United always get a duff deal. They do. Bless them, didn't they? Because the last time they got relegated, they got relegated by a player. Who um, Tevez, wouldn't it? <laughs> he wasn't even meant to be playing the bloody league. And then uh, Sheffield United could could finish a point outside the Champions League thing, and because of this dickhead not getting not checking not checking what can't be asked. Like there must I didn't watch the game. There must be quite a lot of 
pl- angry players saying that's gone over the line, no? Uh, no, there was. But then if it's like you look at the, the stats of it, that being one in 6,000, that's a very like, obviously you're talking to a Spurs fan who still thinks about Pedro Mendes' non-goal at <laughs> United and Lampard's goal against Germany. But when that's, a, I think we've got to realise that maybe we thought this technology, and I, I personally thought goal line technology was yes or no. Like I never thought there would be a situation where it couldn't tell whether it was yes or no. So maybe there needs to be questions asked now and maybe some protocols put in place for when it doesn't. So maybe in this case, what should have happened is it should have said like, I'm not sure if that's gone over the line because of there being people in the way or something like that. Rather than looking at his watch, not seeing anything and going, oh, right, well, it didn't go in. I'll take your, I haven't seen it, so I'll have to take your, your yeah, like your opinion, your strong opinion on it. But I, I oh, there's been a goal at St. Mary's. <laughs> oh, okay. Go on. Well, it was half time and it was nil nil. They had, they had 14 attempts on goal. We, we had one and um, we're holding strong. But there has been a goal at St. Mary's and it's gone to the home side, unfortunately. James Ward Prowse has made it 1 0 to Southampton. Um, who's, our, who's our right? Oh, Hutton. Okay, so Hutton's way out of position. Their left wing, Bertrand, not their left wing, the fullbacks obviously got forward here. He's pulled it back, and Warbrows has got quite a simple finish. I think there's some tired legs out there. We need to make some changes. Let's get Ricardo Fuller on. <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm going to. Bentner has not done himself. Yeah, we've got no one over a 6.5 at the moment, which is yes, not correct. great. Yeah, so I'm going to bring. I'm going to change both the forwards. I'm going to bring on Andy Carroll. I think Cordoza's done his bit there as well. Andy Carroll and Ricardo Fuller, which I think probably they probably have played up front together in the past. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, make some changes. But yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, look, I, I I just think like if a team scores, we've got all this technology in place, it's there to be used. Okay, one in six thousand, I hear you, but bloody hell, like <laughs> if I was if I was in charge of VAR, in charge, of, okay, goal that my technology screwed up, I I'd be pretty pissed off that someone's not using the technology to make the right decision. I think the main and, problem for me was that the ball didn't go out of play for another minute after that, so. A, the people, the, was it the fifth official, whoever sits in the VAR van, um, should be going, mm, that looks really, really close. Let's have a look, another look at it from an up. Because when you see yeah. the different angles, it clearly goes in. So that was my Question. issue I have with it. VAR van, is that a thing? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. The, the, the VAR truck, the, where, in Buckley Park. <laughs> Remember in the do you remember when there, there wasn't match a day, but it was called the Premiership on ITV, and it was like seven o'clock in the evening, and then they put it to ten o'clock because no one was watching them. Do you remember that? Oh, are you talking about Andy Townsend? Yeah, Townsend's tactic truck is that is that like the VAR van? Is it? <laughs> it sounds better, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, to be honest, other than that, I'm not sure it does. By the way, forgot that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, but other than that, um, nothing much to report on that game. I think uh, it was quite weird watching it because you had one channel where it had no noise whatsoever other than the commentators and then you flick up a channel and it's got like that integrated fan noise which is very weird but well, what I'm, was that yeah so I, I, I watched the last game on NBC and, and it was um the fan noise I actually quite like the fan noise they actually did it. I don't know if it's the same all round for every company but they've definitely you just didn't notice to be quite honest with you like they put all the kind of the big old flags over the thing I mean obviously you did notice there was a, a you know less intensity in the stadium 
but it wasn't too bad. I didn't, I, I, I didn't mind it to be quite honest with you. Yeah, for a game like Villa Sheffield United, I'm not, I'm not watching it the whole time. So if I'm on my phone, or in yes, okay, so I don't know why I'm saying this. I was doing a puzzle, so it's nice. Like your your brain still thinks you're watching football with all that noise. So I, I'm, I don't mind it. I think I can, I can get used to it. So um, there's been two goals at St Mary's since we last spoke. Are we getting trounced? Which way is it gone? Well, no, it could be. It could be. Uh, oh, just let his, let, just let his chance finish. But um, yeah, it could be. Could be two one to Newcastle. It's not though, is it? Three 0 down. Right, I'll talk you through it. So it's currently Southampton three, Newcastle deal. Um, <laughs> that was a chance here. Olsen. Oh, Andy Carroll's put it wide. Yeah, oh, that was a chance. That's our best chance of the game. Um, lovely build-up play. Olsen gets to the, down to the left, pulls it back, and Andy Carroll. It's a free header, mate, from the, just outside the six-yard box. That's... <sighs> anyway, so uh, Danny Ing scored, and a guy called Danzo, who I've never uh, Danzo for Southampton. Never heard of him before. No, never heard of him. I don't know. They, they might have bought him on this game. I don't know. I'll tell you what, though, Newcastle aren't... Oh, no. No, it's a goal kick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like it's going to be a bleak start for, for our team. Um, so, so tactically, I've gone route one here because I just feel like... I, I haven't really looked into it too much. I've gone route one, launched it to the big men, but it... it oh, it's 4-0. <laughs> Walker-Peters, did they sign him or is he on loan there? Uh, good point. I think he's on loan. Is it? Okay. It's 4-0 Southampton. Uh, the boys are, I mean, there's a lot of new faces there. They're going to take time to gel. Um, they've had 28 shots, Southampton. We got, we're a bit leaky at the back. Just, um, I'm not surprised. We've got, we've got Yaya Torre centre-back, haven't we? Well, he wasn't supposed to be, but obviously I didn't know Ben Haim wasn't going to get his work permit. Oh, yeah, because that would have been our saving grace, wouldn't it? <laughs> I've only really got... Yeah, I haven't got much on the bench either. Okay. Well, it's, it's not, it's not, maybe away form's not going to be our thing. We've got City at home next, so that'll be fun. <laughs> Has the transfer window ended? Is this the season where they do it? Yeah, it ends, it ends on the... Um, yeah, it's over, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, listen, if anyone's listening and has any advice, any ideas... Well, yeah, yeah. I, played, I mean, I'm, I did do it for banter, really, but I played four four two and was launched it into the big men. I think the problem is that we haven't got much pace out wide or indeed anywhere really on the field. So I think when you launch it into the big man, that's all well and good. But he's you picking up, he's picking up that ball that's being knocked down. Yeah, our pace basically is coming from Ricardo Fuller and Stephen Ireland at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay, well look back to the drawing board. So we've got to see at home next. So what we want people to do is kind of help us with our tactics. So maybe go maybe you know we're very open to sort of support here. Um, I actually think City might be vulnerable to this long ball game, and maybe we just stick to stick to our guns here a little bit because Fernandinho and um, Caleb Laporte's decent, but in the air, but you know, I think this aerial assault could be the one, especially at home. We get the, the crowd behind us, so we'll see, we'll see. But that's um, it's only week one. We've got we've got a long way to go. We're not gonna, we'll, we'll play a game every week, but I won't just like well, I will save for City, but I will kind of tick it over. We're not gonna play every game during the whole season. <laughs> Podcast number forty still be in the same season. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll last that long, Hedges. <laughs> Uh, that'd be interesting what lasts longer the podcast or this new castle <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I'm quitting to the quitting exit now um, so, our, oh, so go on. I was going to say our next our next home is game against C but I think you should we move on to the second game that was on last night that was City versus Arsenal 
Well, yes. So obviously, me being a uh, a big gooner was very much looking forward to this. For I was actually supposed to watch this game with Waller back in um, March, and, and it was just obviously when it was all kind of hitting the fan a little bit, and the game was called off. Um, so I was very much looking forward to it. Sat down and um, you know was quite surprised by Arteta's starting eleven. Yeah, I did have that was I was going to just rudely interrupt. I was going to say, what was your thoughts on that? Because I actually have that question down here because I I was quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors after so long, do you? But, you know, you look at Martinelli not being in the side. I know Ozil's been cracked for us for a while, but he is, he is our top earner. So you think Ozil's in the big game. He's not playing in the big game. Where is he? Um, Pepe, 72 million quid's worth. And the problem is, right, and this is going to be about something I'm going to talk about a bit, in a bit. Actually, I'll talk about that a bit, actually. We'll, we'll move on to that in a second. But um, Arteta, the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, Arteta got a bit of stick afterwards for the start 11. The fact of the matter is that for... Tw- for 20 minutes, we were absolutely fine. You know, the tactic was working. Like, we actually had a, um, Eddie and Nketiah had a chance. Uh, City were picking up after 20 minutes. But the big thing that happened was David Luiz bloody came on the pitch. Now, there's a reason Arteta didn't start him. And there, I can't help but think the reason is, in his last two big away games against the top six, David Luiz, he's given away a penalty and got sent off against Chelsea and Liverpool. And maybe not the last two big away games, but last two of the big six this season, certainly. And he somehow on a third occasion, has gives a penalty away and gets, set, and gets sent off. It's just, this guy is an international. He's 32 or 33. Like, he's played at the highest level. How is this still happening? Because <laughs> they, they interviewed uh, Arteta beforehand and said, like, our oh, Louise isn't in the starting 11. What's the reasoning behind that? And I was just watching. I was like, just come out and say it. it's because he's shit. <laughs> yeah, I just, I bet. But the thing is, Tom, like, I have been suckered in a couple of times thinking, oh, he's actually he's quite good on the ball and that. But you just can't trust him to have a game without a crap mistake. Now, like I said, he came on at 20 minutes. All was fine. But then City started getting more... City started to purr. And who knows what happens? Then I was keeping us in it, you know. But there is an element of positioning to it. And there is an element that I think City were getting more chances because David was on the pitch. And the goal, right? Sterling's goal (laughs) is so bad for so many reasons, okay? And it's typified Arsenal for such a long time. But I don't think you can blame Arteta because David Luiz... In that position, he's an experienced centre-half. It's the worst time to concede a goal is before half-time. Everyone knows it, right? Because City go into the changing room, a whole different conversation. And we can galvanise, we can have a little look at it again and see how we go. We might nick a set-piece or something. And then the ball comes over. He's, he's obviously not left-footed. I'm not left-footed. But I don't care what you do. You think to yourself, right... Where is Rose Z? There's no fans. It will take about a minute to get the ball back. There's no ball boys. I'm going to kick it as far over there as I possibly can. And if I'm not good, if I'm not good with my left foot, I'm going to swing it as hard as I can and get some contact and get rid of the bloody thing. But what does he do? I mean, what was that? What was that of his hip? He's all just. Were you trying to bring it down? It's slippy. It's horrible. Sterling's around you. It's just terrible, terrible defending. Yeah, that's yeah? like <laughs> it'd been pissing it down all evening and. You don't mess about with this with the conditions like that. You don't just put any part of your body in front of it. Don't yeah, you see the situation. It's the minute before half time. You don't concede a minute. Leno's kept us in the game, right? They're, they're on top of us. Just put it somewhere. Get rid of it. And the dickhead is just like, like leading his hip towards it. And you're like, mate, you're you know, you're you're thirty. You're, you're an experienced international. You've won Champions League titles. The only bloke, I mean, Carragher said it afterwards. The only bloke that's ever got a tune out of him is Conte. But he seems to always play in these games. You see how Germany destroyed Brazil 6-1 or whatever it was, or 7-1 or whatever it was, because he's crap. 
And you can't trust him in the big moments. You just can't. And that he's got some sort of disbelief on Tamara's thing. So not, not only does he do that, right? So you go, right, okay, fine. He's made a mistake, whatever. He then, a minute after half time, gives a penalty away. And like, Mares, there's some sort of blind spot to David Luiz. He doesn't like left foot kind of doing that little cut in run that they, across him. Because Salah did it against him at Anfield and, and, and he, he scored the goal from it. And the thing is, if a player does that to you, they're quicker than you, they're trickier than you, whatever, fine. Right? That's great touch by Mares. Obviously, he's a fantastic footballer. But David Luiz should think to himself, right, he's there. He's. You don't, it's quick thinking, but you don't need that long to think. Mares only has a left foot. So if he bends, if he buries it with his right foot from there, right, he's on his right side, he's obviously trying to get on his left side. So you cut off the angle and run towards the goal. And then if he takes it with his right foot early and buries it in the far corner, you say, well done, you got your goal. But what, he tries to, he, he panics because he thinks Mares has got inside him. And then but he hasn't really. And to be honest, I don't think it's a sending off. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that one bit. I don't, I don't understand that. Isn't this whole like double jeopardy penalty thing or something to be a thing? You get a penalty, it's not sending off. Yeah, but, but he, he didn't attempt to play the ball. That's why it was a sending off. He didn't pull him or anything like that. He just clumbered over him. I think it's more... I don't think... I don't think he meant to take him out of that mess. It's just clumsy. And right, it was stupid it, coming, but he should have been... He would have been better trying to just slide tackle him and try and win the ball, if anything. But I think, as a thing is, if there's a youngster doing that, you go, right, fair enough, right? You got caught. This is a... This, I repeat for the third time. This is an experienced dude. He's played at all levels and he's still making shit decisions like this. And... All he's, all he's got to do as a defender there is run towards the goal and cut off Maris' coming inside on his left. Like I said, if he scores on his right, fair, fair play, because Maris doesn't usually have that in his locker. But he's exceptional on his left side. But he doesn't even think about that. He just panics and then clumsily falls over him. But that's, that's you know? what I noticed is from that, I can't remember, I think it was Jesus who nodded it down. And then you, you see Louise go towards the ball when what he should have been doing is he should think, he should know that Mares is going to get that ball first. So I'll go to that position. But yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, and then you just look at it and you think, well, Mustafi's next to him. And, um, but yeah, it's just, but do you know what, right? Do you know what? To a, I certainly don't blame Arteta, but to a certain extent, you've got to a point now of David Luiz, not just from Arsenal, but his old career. We lost Koscielny. It was bad management by Emery and obviously fell out of Koscielny or whatever. And Koscielny left at the last minute. We were, we were bent over a barrel a little bit. So we got David Luiz. He's probably, for a one-year deal, the best that we could have got at that time. Okay? So it's just like, it's a knock-on effect to bad management in the summer. And Arteta's picking up the pieces. You know? And remember, he didn't want to start him in the first place. People were like, how can you blame Arteta for starting 11? He didn't start Luiz. Well, not funny. If David Luiz doesn't start, doesn't come on the pitch, we could be 60, 70 minutes still in the game. Yeah. It was only that we gave away the two goals. Well, it's a bit of a statement that he started because I... Has Mari, is he, is it Marley? Marley? I don't, sorry, I don't know. Oh, who yeah. Well, I mean, he obviously likes him. He's brought him over in the Jeremy Transfer window. He's got a bit of a rep. He used to be at City, so that's probably where Arteta knows him from. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looked all right. He didn't, I mean, he didn't have enough time to do anything wrong, really. But trust me, in 20 minutes, Mari didn't even look like doing anything wrong. And he could argue it's not long enough. Well, David Luiz was on the pitch 22 minutes and destroyed the whole game. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's, but that's not even my main rant, okay? Because I kind of get it. I get David Luiz now. I understand it's part of it. It's frustrating, but it's part of it. Do you want to know what my main rant is about last night in Arsenal? Mm. I, do you know what? You told me this earlier, and I've been thinking about it all day, and I I don't have a clue. Well, go on. I've been talk about it, and it royally, 
royally angered me for so many reasons. Because David Luiz, like I said, that's just him, right? His contractions go down, big games. There's no, there's no coincidence, just to touch on Luiz for a second longer, there's no coincidence that in the big games when we're under more pressure, David Luiz folds, okay? Because his concentration can't keep up for that long. Okay, he's all right at home to Bournemouth. But when you're talking about Chelsea, Liverpool, um, City, he, he can't, we're under lots of pressure. You can't have David Luiz in your back four because he just can't think that quickly. Just, 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 it's, it's not going to change now, is it? You know? So... Kind of don't blame him in in some ways because this is the way he is. You shouldn't be at the club. But what what is in people's control and what really annoyed me right <laughs> is we're two 0 down. Right, game's over. Fine, City is City. We're down to ten men. The game's over. Right. There is nobody in that Arsenal eleven really, pretty much, other than like Bamiang and Bamiang, like Leno, yeah, Bellerin. There's no one certainly in the midfield area. Staking a claim, really put a mark down saying this is my spot, right? And there's no one, all right? And you've got two youngsters in the midway through the second half, we've got this five sub rule, right? Lacazette, Reese Nelson, and Maitland Niles come on, right? Yep. And Lacazette comes on, you know what you're going to get from Lacazette was actually quite smiley, you know what you're going to get from Lacazette, you kind of go, right, okay, we've got you because you're a bit of an assassin, you've got a good, you got a goal in you, fine, I'm going to run with Lacazette. He looked all right, he looked a bit more sort of bubbly. Reese Nelson and Mate Nile, I don't even watch this footage back in. I've never seen two guys just so lethargic, almost pissed off, walking on the pitch in the rain. They're 2 0 down to City. And these are young guys who play for bloody Arsenal, right? <laughs> what? Are, just give us some sort of inkling that you want to be there. You want to play for one of, well, you know, yeah, one of the biggest clubs in the world, one of the biggest clubs in the country. And you don't have to be that. David Luiz makes mistakes. That's what he does. These guys, why aren't they running onto the pitch? Why aren't they trying to, okay, the game's gone, but why don't you try and stake a claim? Why don't you try and change the game a little bit? Why don't you try and make something happen? Phil Foden comes on the pitch with Bernardo Silva, who probably has more right to be pissed off because he's better than both of them put together. Phil Foden comes on the pitch with Bernardo Silva, both of them looking quite lively. Phil Foden's coming on the pitch, pointing at players, 19 years old, pointing at bloody, you know, um, Laporte, telling them what to do and whatever. Like, hey ho. Um, Aguero has a shot it spills who's first on it Phil Foden gets his goal and Phil Foden will probably be starting could potentially be starting next 11 back and that and he probably should do because he got his goal and our boys our boys nothing there's no alertness there's no they just, they just don't want to be it's like they don't want to be there this is Arsenal <laughs> you know and I just Oxlade Chamberlain when he ran on the pitch would sprint on the pitch every single time you know and it's just body language maybe it's the Ozil factor I don't know but it's just not good enough. Colo Torre, when he joined Arsenal, right, I was at the game when Colo Torre joined the game. And the guy, I don't, I don't know what position he was playing, but he just ran everywhere. Now, you can argue that's stupid. But at least what you always get if you do that, the fans go, fair enough. At least he's bloody trying. And, he, and it, was, it was compounded by the fact Phil Foden scored even just that type of goal where he's just alert, he's on it, and he buries it. Now, you could argue it's coming from the top. Guardiola's been getting that out of his players. But... It's again, Arteta has inherited these guys. Reese Nelson, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going on here, but Reese Nelson, I know a scout at Derby County, and he said Reese Nelson is one of the best, best talents he's seen over the last couple of years coming through the ranks. And honestly, we have seen nothing. Is it fear? I don't know. But one thing is not acceptable is just landling on the pitch like your buddy. This is Arsenal for Christ's sake. Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I've, well, I've got two things to uh, from that. Do you, agree, do you agree with me? Do you agree with me a bit? Or? No, I 100% agree with you that there is, as a football fan, to watch one of your own players not up for a game. So my first point would be is 
So then I think it was a triple substitution. I don't know what minute it was, but I don't care who you're playing. 2 0. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. You, obviously, you've got 10 men. Doesn't matter. 2 0. Away from home to City. Doesn't matter. 2 0 is. There's a reason why it's the most. It's a cliche, but it's the most dangerous scoreline in football. Nick a goal. Nick a goal. Anything can happen. Anything. So. What happened? People actually probably don't remember this now, but City actually went down to ten men because obviously Garcia got wiped out. Yeah. So and then I'm thinking, okay, right, they're down to ten men as well. And it's game game on here a little bit. The scorecard goes, the the timer thing goes up. Eleven minutes ago, I'm like, bloody hell! Arsenal, you look at the Arsenal players. It's like they're just they're like, oh shit! Eleven minutes. Cars, I've all get out of here in a minute. Like it's like I don't, I just don't get it. <laughs> You're on a football pitch and paid a lot of money to play the best game in the world. You pay for the Arsenal football club. You've had three months off. What more do you want? Like, <laughs> it's, I don't. I just to me, I'm done with them. I'm just forget about it. I don't. I don't want them at the club because they're just not. They're not already. They don't look good enough, and they don't even look like they want to be there. So what's up? Just don't sell them. Get rid of them. Um. Yeah. No. Agreed. Um. And my second point would be about about that Phil Foden goal. Um. I could be wrong. So if anyone is who actually knows can correct me if I am wrong. But I believe before Phil Foden followed up um, and tucked his goal away, I believe he picked up the ball in like a centre-back position from Edison. He, yeah, maybe, yeah. he played it back to Edison. Edison played it to Fernandinho, who sprayed that amazing pass out wide. And then you see Foden sprint the whole length of the field. And then who's there when Leno um, spills it? Foden, and that's what you're talking about. That's desire, that's attitude, that is wanting yeah. to pray. You make your own luck. You're in the right place at the right time because you bloody moved. And then, you know, you look at, I just don't get it. And then, mate, the Niles, is, he wants to play centre midfield. But he, what, he's lambing on the pitch. He's a unit. He look, he, I think he's actually quite decent on the ball. It's his attitude. Reese Nelson, nothing, nothing. Now, we started. Saka looks all right. So I like Saka. I think as, as he looks like he, you know, he, he, he gets it. Um, Joe Willock, I'm not sure on. But now, to be fair, the only defence I can hand these young players at Arsenal is that there's no real leaders at the club. There's no real anyone. If you walk into that dressing room, who is the man you go? I want to be a bit like him. You can argue a Bamyang, but at the end of the day, he looks like he wants to leave. All right, and then you have got Granite Xhaka, who six months ago swearing at all the fans walking off the pitch. You have got Mustafi, who's just bloody useless. Um, so, you know, Lacazette doesn't get in the team. Ozil, who knows what's going on there. So, look, there's a big, big rebuild going on there, right? And Arteta's inherited the whole damn thing. And it's, yeah, it's, it's deeper than we think. Now, we, we ain't getting in the top four. and But it's more than I, our squad players aren't good enough. Our best players, our quote-unquote best players don't want to be there. They're getting paid too much money. There's loads to do, loads to do. And it was just highlighted in little moments like that, Phil Foden scoring and our boys coming on and looking like they're cold and want to go home. Yeah. Well, um, any positives for you last night? I thought Leno was brilliant. Yeah, Leno, Leno, Leno's great, but it's never really a positive if your goalkeeper's the best player on the pitch, is it? Like Leno's Leno's different class. Like he's um he's a really good signing. And um any positives? Uh no. <laughs> the football's back. That's about it. Yeah. For Arsenal fans. yeah, I don't know, mate. It's um I don't blame Arteta one bit. I think there's loads, I think he's got um loads of work to do. Emery really created a bigger mess than than actually kind of you know he didn't put any fires that Wenger kind of had he put if anything made them worse. Um, yeah, I'd like so to- yeah, I trust Arteta wholeheartedly. I think there's definitely been an improvement. Uh, the first eleven was 
surprising, but I think he was trying to do some sort of thing where you high press City back because there's no doubt about it. If you just sit back in City, they'll pick you off eventually, wouldn't they? Well, but before, I think they're trying to have before, up there to high press them before the Sterling goal, they had three chances and they were just starting to click. They were very rusty. Like De Bruyne was giving the ball away um, quite easily in the first twenty minutes, yeah. and then they were slowly getting it together. Leno made three good saves, and then, well, like you said, there's a mistake, and then it's sort of you kind of felt like I say conceding just before half time. You're heading in nil nil, and then you concede before half time. It's worst time to concede, and yeah, I, I didn't really. Um... But no, the plaudits were quite high for City afterwards. I didn't really see it personally. I thought David Luiz just handed them two goals and then they kind of just, you know, just knocked them out while we had 10 men. I didn't think they looked particularly, you know, it's not, I hope that doesn't come across me sounding like I'm being bitter there. I just don't think they was really... I didn't think they... They didn't have to really play their football to... That says more about Arsenal than it does City. Yeah, well, so it was more Luiz than anything. But I, I thought, I think Kevin De Bruyne got man of the match and probably rightly so. But I want to say that we... Um, I think it was our first pod where we done our best current uh, Premiership eleven. We put Edison in over Allison. I think last night showed why he's my number one pick because just before, straight after half time, he played that ball where Mares miscontrolled it, and then for the penalty, this and the second goal, his pass to like I said, I think it was Jesus. Is it was better than most Premiership like outfield players. Well, got a ping on him, isn't he? He, and I think he's that's such a weapon in modern football because let's face it, every goalkeeper in the Premiership should be good at should be a good shot stopper. That's that's just a a basic of being a Premiership footballer. It's now you're trying to find the next thing. So Edison's got this amazing accuracy. He's got he can he can launch the ball miles as well. But we um you touched on it earlier where he came out and absolutely wiped out his own defender and he was just unharmed. And you kind of like, as a striker, do you reckon that's in the back of their mind? If there's a ball over the top, you're thinking, am I about to die here? Because Edison's about to chop my head off. Yeah, yeah. I think but just touching on the fact that, you know, the, the long, not, not the long ball, it's a long pass, isn't it, by Edison? But I, um, obviously City keep it slick on the deck most of the time. So it's a nice little weapon to have around over the top every now and again when they need it. And like I said, he doesn't launch it. He passes it straight and it usually it's goes... beautiful. It's so nice to watch. ...on their toe. But just to finish off the um, roundabout, I won't go on about it too much. It's, it's <laughs> me um, like, these guys are getting paid a lot of money, right? And honestly, honestly, if at 15 years... Well, they're 13 years old. Someone said to me, come and play football at, this, at London Coney every day for free for five years to come on against City at 2-0 at the, at the Etihad for Arsenal and stake a claim. I'd have done it. <laughs> you know? And I think most most football fans would say that, you know. And these guys are getting paid probably 30, 40 grand for the privilege and they still can't be asked. So what's the point? Right. And uh, so who have you got this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> what's the point? Oh, no, yeah, sorry, I'm done. I, I'm done with it now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's... I, I, Actually, you should really like Reese Nelson as well, but not anymore. Was he on loan in the? Was he playing in the Bundesliga? He went to, I think, Hoffenheim and did all right. But look, you could argue that they're not motivated by that. But I don't think it's Arteta. When Arteta came in, he actually played Nelson over Pepe several times, and he guided and, and he put loads of trust in him. Obviously, asked him to work harder. Did nothing. So now look, you could argue you could argue he only had about five six games, but that's that reality. That's all you get in the Premier League these days, isn't it? Yeah, I did find the more. The Martinelli not coming on over Pepe, the weird one, because Martinelli's been an absolute revelation for you this season, I thought. 
Yeah, yeah. There's something I, I don't know. He seems to be holding back a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, there, I mean, there's, there's always funny things going on. I thought Guendouzi was out of favour and he started last night. So I don't know. I don't know. But there's lots of work to do at the Arsenal. That's yeah. for sure. You sound like you're done talking about it. So why don't we look at fixtures coming up? So we have um, from tomorrow. So time of recording. This is Thursday. Uh, we now have football every day for two weeks, apart from next Friday and the following Friday. So we have got. So much football coming our way. So we've got. Do you want to hear what we've got for this weekend, Hedge? Of course I do. Right. So What's tomorrow. That shit last night? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you want to appease yourself from last night, you've got Norwich versus Southampton tomorrow, six p.m. Okay, well, should we do a little scorecasting and see who, who yeah, wins the week? Yeah, we'll do. Let me um, let me actually try and make a note of this. So right. So we got Norwich. Outside. We won't do the score. I've always said that's too hard. Let's just do you do Norwich draw or you do Norwich score draw nil nil or the other. The other okay, so it's Norwich at home to Southampton. What are you saying? I'm going to go for a home win. Are oh, you going for Norwich? I'm going for a score draw. Yeah. So then the next game we've got is Spurs at home to Man United. Hmm. <laughs> um. Spurs are at home, Reno, Kane's back. I'm going to go for a score draw. Score draw. I am going to back our boys and go for Spurs. So we move on to Saturday. So the early kickoff at half 12, we've got Watford at home to Leicester. Mm. Well, Watford's hard, aren't they? Because they, they're crap one week and then they beat Liverpool 3-0 the other week. <laughs> um I'll go. Well, actually, I'm going to go with Watford because um, Watford home win because we need Leicester to start dropping some points. Even though Arsenal aren't going to get in the top four, we might as well try and cling on to something. Uh, I'm going to actually go for Leicester. And uh, whilst I'm out, I just want to say I know we shouldn't be plugging other podcasts, but I listened to a podcast today with Louis Farou and Troy Dean, and it was bloody good. So go give it a listen, everyone. It's really good, actually. Um, Troy Dean on our podcast. <laughs> you know, we'll put out the words, see where we can go. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's right. Arsenal players, Arsenal young players, they have no cojones. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, talking of Arsenal, our next game at 3pm is Brighton at home to Arsenal. Are we away again, are we? Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Um, well, actually, I suppose it doesn't really matter because it's, it's the home thing. Um, away win. So you, you've got... <laughs> all right. What if... Oh, no. Well, it's a good thing that Louise can't play, isn't it? So that's that's a good point, actually. Well, actually, Carragher made this point as well. I think we actually might have seen David Louise's last game in the Premier League because he's got a two-match ban, and I don't think he's going to be rushing back in a hurry after that performance. Yeah, I'm so, going um, to go for a score draw on that one. Um, then the next game, a half five on Saturday, is West Ham at home to Wolves, which are quite a tasty fixture. I quite like the look of. Uh, all the way because I can't stand West Ham. <laughs> West Ham. Oh, sorry, West Ham listeners. No, Wolves away. Sorry, West Ham listeners, but no, 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 I can't stand them. I just, um, I, just, I just wouldn't mind them going down. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stand. I quite like West Ham fans. I just don't. I just think they're. I don't know. It's, they're, 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 they've got, there's an identity problem down there, isn't there? They, they don't know what they are. Go on, Hedge. You've already had one run. Why don't you go for another, mate? Go on. One more. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't. I don't mind West Ham. I've known some very nice people who are West Ham fans. I just. Um, I just don't think they really know what they what they are. They think they think to think they're this big old attacking 
club, you know, West Ham way and all that, and it never really comes to anything. And they always seem to get to a point where they seem to be doing really well, and then when push comes to shove, they'll lose at home to like Southampton or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> they'll lose at home to Wolves, which is what I've gone for as well. Yeah, <laughs> you got Wolves for you. So in the evening at quarter to eight, we've got Bournemouth at home to Crystal Palace. Um, I'll go for. Mm, I'm going to go for Warriors boys. There, we'll go Palace. Why not? Yeah, Palace. Oh, nice. I, Eddie, Eddie Howe, I think Roy can pull out a weird result like that. Whereas I think Eddie Howe is still a bit shaky. Yeah, following on from the question earlier from Eddie, I think Palace had won the last... Let me just quickly double-check. I think they'd won their last three games before we went into the... Um, into this uh, break, which... So they they were carrying in some form, but I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw on this. That's never going to be nil-nil. No, it's nil-nil, mate. All over. Nil-nil, all over. <laughs> Bournemouth, Bournemouth have never had a nil-nil. <laughs> well, they will now. Okay, so we move on to Sunday, 2pm. We've got Newcastle at home to Sheffield United. Um, away win. Can, we need Sheffield United to points. I'm going to go for... you know what? I'm going to back Newcastle for that one. Okay. What, 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 what is there some sort of forfeit here? If one gets more, either? what's the deal with? Uh, or why don't we just do a sort of a point system and then maybe we'll have a forfeit at the end of the season? Like <laughs> 10 <Okay>. shots. <laughs> Fine, deal. 10 shots it is. <laughs> 10 shots. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, do in a row, however many. Sh- so, you get, so, say for example, I get more points this week. Yeah. Yeah. Then. I get one point, as in like, I beat you, so I get one point. All right. Okay. And then, and then there's what? There's nine games left, yeah? Or eight? Is it eight on eight games left now, yeah? So there's, there's eight points. Eight points. There's nine, nine games left. So from. Right. So say I say I win by five. You got to do five shots in a row. Okay, but what's the? Can we have like a time limit? Because I don't think I can. I'm capable of doing five shots in a row without. <laughs> Whatever amount of shots in whatever amount of minutes that there is. So if it says five shots, it'll be five in five minutes. Okay, cool. And we'll video it and we'll put it on Instagram and it'll be a good banner. All right. <laughs> well, at least at least I know I only have to do nine nine shots is the uh, worst case scenario. <laughs> You'll probably win one. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll start doing this a bit more seriously. Okay. Aston Villa at home. Let's see. <laughs> not, not Bournemouth 0-0. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, we haven't done, mate. We haven't done. We still got three more go to go. Oh, bloody hell! Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we got. So we got Villa v Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Do you know what, Hedges? I've just realised we're going to have a bit of a problem with this because the fixtures aren't every week. They're like continuous, so we're going to be missing out. So. Well, we'll just do. Okay, right. Fine. Well, we'll just awesome. do it. We'll do this one and see how we go. Whoever does this has to do a shot. There you go. Whoever loses wants to do a shot. We'll work it out next week. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do the shot on next week's episode. Okay, great. And then good Sunday evening, we've got Merseyside Derby. We've got Everton at home to Liverpool, 7pm. I'm going to chuck a curveball here. I'm going to say Everton win. Ooh. See, I... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't... I think Liverpool will fall over the line rather than, like, just win it. I do agree. So I'm going to go for a score draw on that one. And then to round off the week, shut up. Round off the weekend on Monday, we've got Man City at home to Burnley. Um, well, Burnley did get a point there once a few years ago. I remember that. I think what's his name? Um, 
Oh, God, Kevin McDonald scored for the uh, Burnley fans, uh, Woody, basically. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for a home win, though. <laughs> I, too, am going to go for a Man City win. Sorry, Woody. Um, so, yeah, that rounds off the next the weekend's football. Nice, nice. Well, I enjoyed that, mate. That was good. We got, uh, got loads in there. Um, we got uh, football manager, all, all up to date, saved and ready to go for next week for City at Home. We got me tearing apart our youth academy <laughs> <laughs> and you um you thinking a referee not checking var is a good thing oh <laughs> uh, yeah good one mate yeah. <laughs> uh, we need a name of the podcast mate yeah i'm trying to do you know what do you know what we need to be wary of me doing rants about arsenal i feel so deflated after that <laughs> honestly you can tell in your voice so you just don't want to you don't want to be here do you mate <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like um, Bellerin saying that he'll plant 3,000 trees every time Arsenal win. It's a bit like, oh, come on, Bellerin. <laughs> Don't do that to the players. I just can't believe players are like that for a team like Arsenal. I just don't get it. Tony Adams would never allow it. Tony no, Adams okay. would be there. Just, let's, let's round it up. Let's round it up. Come on. Okay. <laughs> um. Let's uh, well, let's call it some maybe the something to do with the Olsen twins. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's quite nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll have a little think about what we always do. We'll have a little re- re- listen back and do that. But I quite like that. The Olsen twins is quite clever. Yeah, maybe we just call it the Olsen twins. Yeah, we'll have a look. We'll have a, we'll have a, I'm trying to. Well, one thing about the Olsen twins, the like as in Marcus and Martin, is they both played left back so. Presumably, when they were younger, did Roland always sit on the bench? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Mate, why wasn't one a right back and one a left back? That would have made more sense. Well, I'm guessing they're both left footed. Duh. Yeah, well, yeah, but if you're the old man, wouldn't you be like, right, Martin, you're left footed. What's the other guy? Well, you could maybe one just played on the left wing. Yeah, we'll do. Well, that's what that's what we're going to do for Newcastle. Anyway, yes, I've, I've 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 noticed that about Marcus. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's why we lost. I played in the wrong way round. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I knew, I knew, uh, God, stupid. It's always Marcus plays left back, idiot. <laughs> but yeah, okay, uh, Olsen, I like maybe we'll just go with the Olsen twins. I think I think that's quite strong. Yep, lovely. Cool. All right, mate, well, so I enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to go and um, go and try and find some answers at the bottom of this bottle as to how Arsenal are going to get back in the top four. <laughs> <laughs> and um, probably put my head through a brick wall or something. But I'll, um, I shall look forward to catching up with you next Thursday when we've got loads more games to talk about indeed we do thank you very much I really enjoyed that one actually all the best see you soon mate yeah take care thanks for listening everyone